Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. It's getting a little late. Before we part, let's have a little nightcap. So, John, you're one of the more uh, unique people, I guess, that came on the show in terms of your background. Up until maybe four days ago, I didn't know you were actually a person. I know you as the Instagram account, canada.gov.ca. So maybe tell the listeners a bit about about you and your content, because it is quite unique, but I think a lot of them will be into it. Uh, All right. Well, with the content, I'm sort of looking at the absurdity of this country. Right now, it's a particularly difficult time to love where you're from. There's a lot of issues with this country. We have a very problematic history and we have a very problematic way that we're going about things right now. Uh, That being said, I do love where I come from. I am obviously a Maritimer. It doesn't take you long as a as a follower to realize that <laughs> the the Canada portion of the handle is pretty misleading because people from out west will point out pretty quick it's uh, pretty one sided in terms of where the content comes from and and it's very very East Coast heavy <laughs> but uh, you know I'm I'm putting uh, I'm posting things that I like that I personally find interesting that I find funny um, it's a good mix of humor but also there's a lot of um, you know, staples in, in Canadian history, but a lot of things that, like you cover very well, Jordan, uh, things that get overlooked. And I try to focus on uh, being correct when I do a historical post. Um, I'll sit at my little desk and I'll do some research and I'll type away and, and work on a good caption. But what I'm trying to do is just have some fun and started pretty small. And now I've got, you know, a group of people who are are along for the ride. So I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah. And, and are you just on Instagram? Yeah. So I, 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 I mean, I have a personal Twitter and I have Facebook because I just can't delete it because it's just so insane. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook has truly become the the Wild West. But uh, no, I don't have the account anywhere else. I just have it on Instagram. Yeah. But in the Instagram, it's Instagram is a perfect venue for it because it's you can just have a photo of, you know, something that hasn't been sold since the 80s or or a short video from like, a, I don't know, you'll have like a, a lot of music or maybe old commercials that, you know, people who grew up in Canada will be like, oh, my God, I remember that. But I completely forgot about it until I stumbled upon you. Well, the real heroes are people like Betamax King or Retro Ontario or all these people who were who have the actual analog tapes of these things. I'm sourcing stuff off YouTube and and it, it's made things very easy for me. But the real heroes are the people who have the archivists, mm-hmm. you know, who like the OGs of all this, <laughs> who allow me to to go out there and and source some of this stuff. So, yeah, you got to give credit to those yeah, guys. That's what I was going to ask is where this stuff comes from, because it's you'll have, I don't know, photos of like, you know, Canadian celebrities or something from their youth that I have never seen before. And, you know, it, it just every time I check your your Instagram, there's just something there that it like it tickles this deep seated memory in my head or something like, oh, my God, I remember that brand of ketchup, you know, just yeah. to, whatever it is. But it's so you just I guess you just scour the web for this stuff. 
Yeah, I'm, and I'm trying not to be your run-of-the-mill nostalgic account because there are a lot of those, and it, mm. and it's pretty easy to tickle, you know, to post a picture of a popsicle from mm. 1991, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, you know, I, <laughs> I bought that. Yeah, of course you bought that. Everyone bought that, you know, like it's <laughs> popsicle. So I, I try to – I try. It's I, I take it as a compliment when you say, like, I see something that I, I hadn't seen before because that is what I'm really trying to, to do is – is find something that even if I haven't seen it, then it, then I can assume it's not in the public consciousness and I can sort yeah. of play with it from there. And, uh, but it's gotta be a mix, you know? Yeah. And the name of your, of your page on Instagram is canada.gov.ca. A great yeah. name for it, but are you worried <laughs> that there's so, like, if you get too big, they're just going to like pluck you off well, the internet? Yeah, I have a few MPs that follow me right now. <laughs> oh, really? They think you're their boss? <laughs> yeah, so I haven't, they haven't passed it along with any malicious intent as of yet. Okay. Uh, there's been no cease and desist letters from the RCMP or from the, the government. I think if, um, I think if I was super offensive and uh, maybe misleading all the time, that it might be an issue. But Look, Jordan, we live in a democratic society. I'm allowed to uh, be out there voicing my opinion. Yeah, it's a joke. Canada.gov.ca is it's it's a joke, and that's where the account started from. Was just with the handle, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think as you become a follower for a little longer, you sort of realize that that's the source of the tongue in cheek. Uh, that it's it, the handle starts to make more and more sense as you follow longer. Yeah, and we've covered some of the same topics. You you did. Um... You did something for about Tanetta, I remember. Yes. And you also recently dabbled in uh, the glove guy lore. I was enjoying the comments on that. I have to give you 100% credit for that because I had not heard of glove guy before <laughs> I listened to your podcast on it. Are so, you serious? So, some of the stuff has been crossover. For example, like with Tanetta, um, I have friends of mine who actually performed as Tanetta at Pop Montreal Wow. Uh, years ago. Um, they, they had tried to book him. Uh-huh. And he he's famously, you know, he sidesteps things like that. I'm surprised yeah. you got him on a on a call. It wasn't what easy. Did, it, well, there you go. So <laughs> yeah. what he did was he encouraged uh, artists in Montreal to do a set of his music, dressed up as he as he does as he gets dressed up, covering their faces, and kind of to do like a karaoke set. So it, it was a real Tanetta show, but Tanetta was not there. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason it seems to make sense like just something that yeah. bizarre but yeah what a guy um, yeah but yeah i enjoyed uh, when you did the glove guy post you you did um, the photo of his business card and it's like it, it gets people talking i saw all the comments underneath it was everyone tagging their friends like oh glove guy um well the, the comments were um you know i as you said i think i remember you saying that you had never received as quite as much feedback as you, as you did for that. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of comments and, and not only did I get a lot of comments, a lot of DMS who were wishing to remain anonymous that had a story. <laughs> and I had to say to people, can you please comment that on the post? You know, that, that, <laughs> that contributes to the conversation. And they're like, no dude, this is just between you and me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The amount of that, that I got while I was releasing those episodes, I got so many emails with, I can't, I'm, I don't want to be recorded, but you know, this happened yeah. and it was nonstop, yeah. but it, he's uh, out there. He's out there. <laughs> oh, he's made a lot of, imp- he's left a lot of impressions on people, but yeah, I was kind of hoping your post would go completely viral and he would 
choose oh, you as the, the new trouble that you did. Yeah, I, well, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't quite aware of uh, your uh, your glove guy struggle until after I pressed the post button. Uh, oh, really? Maybe I would have uh, rethunk the whole thing. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no. Luckily, I came out unscathed from that one. <laughs> Good. Let's get into our topic. So the, the reason I brought you on is I just recently did the episode with Corey Mintz about, we called it the decline of Tim Hortons. Uh, yeah. You're very into Canadian culture, Canadian history. Let me ask you, what's what's your relationship with Tim Hortons? Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bamboozle you here, Jordan, but... Uh... Oh my. <laughs> Where's this going? I, I mean, look, I know what I'm getting. When I go to Tim Hortons, and I don't mean that literally, I mean that I'm not ordering a filet mignon when I go to McDonald's. <laughs> I, you know, I, I go to, I go to Tim Hortons. Do I expect top quality? No, I don't think I expected top quality when I was a little kid either. But I didn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, you're not talking to a uh, to a top of the line chef here right now either. I. I still don't really know the difference. (laughs) Let me put it this way. I live next to a Tim Hortons. I never go. Uh But the second that I hop on the 401 to head to Toronto or to head to Ontario for a cottage weekend or whatever, yeah, I'm stopping at Tim's. Like, no question. Am I eating? Yes. Am I getting a coffee? Yes. 100%. Um, You know, is it garbage? Sure. Do I love it? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what will you what will you get? You drink their coffee. Oh yeah, I'll get a coffee. I'll get uh, you know, I will get a double double. I will get a medium double 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 double. Of course, you're Canadian. Of course, you will. Yeah, um, my move used to be the chicken salad sandwich on white with no tomato. Okay. Um, I'll get the wedges now. I mean, they're they're terrible, but they are I'll, so but bad. Yeah, they're so bad. But in the car, they sit in the little you know drink cup holder next to you, and you just. <laughs> One by one, because you're on the road and you're hungry. Like, yes, I'll get the wedges. I don't, you know, whatever. This, so, this is so depressing. Picturing <laughs> this with yeah, those wedges. Well, They're like squished cardboard that have like pictures of potato. <laughs> yeah. Well, s- someone mentioned to me too, ahead of this uh, podcast, they were like, you know, do you remember the panini? Like, do you think those were real grill marks or were they fake? Oh, they were like, fake. The- I there's do remember theory. the Panini. There's yeah. a theory that the grill marks aren't even like we're actually just already on there before they heat it up. It must like, be because they the Panini had very like exaggerated lines for the grill marks, but I don't think anything else they sell is grilled. So why would they even have a grill? And I'm not 100 percent sure those are still there. I know they have the, they're focusing more on like the wraps than the Panini side of things. But um, I mean, as I say. It's it's Tim's man. It's not uh, the Ritz Carlton. Uh-huh. It it continues to sort of do its job. Uh, I mean, yeah. I it, it's about expectations, you know. In in the corporate world, they they they're constantly telling you to manage others' expectations. Yeah. And uh, maybe Tim's their problem right now is that they're poorly managing people's expectations. It could be, but I like I remember their baked goods being good. Maybe it's because, you know, when you're a kid, like candy and sugar, you could just kill it and love it. Where now as an adult, you eat a handful of candy and you have a sore stomach. Like you just have a different kind of taste for it. 
that could have something to do with it. But I will say their food is every time I buy food there, I'm disappointed. Their soup is like salt water. Their anything that has meat in it is just this. It might as well be tofu that's been like baked or something. There's just no flavor. The vegetables are always a little, you know, if there's anything that has a vegetable on it, it's just really weird and rubbery. You mentioned the baked goods. And if if we were to get down to the final truth about mm. the decline of Tim Hortons, and, and sorry <laughs> to do this so early on in the conversation, but, it, you know, it, it all comes down to the donut switching from fresh to not. Yeah. This, this is the core of everyone's complaint and it's the it's it's the it's the main source of where people noticed. Mm-hmm. And Canada is a is a largely rural country, and these are not new. The vast majority of, of customers to Tim Hortons are are not new, and so you had a you had a major shift at that moment that everyone said, "Geez, these are not." the same anymore. And it was like someone flicked a a light switch. All of a sudden that Boston cream or that Canadian maple or that whatever was just different that day. And people noticed. Yeah. And it's even the, the kind of the scene in a Tim Hortons restaurant. I remember as a kid, the, you'd be placing your order, you'd be sitting there or something. And you would see someone like all dressed in white with like a chef's hat kind of thing, come out of the back room with a big tray of like the fresh donuts. With some, like, with some authority, with some prestige. Yeah, like on the baker here. like he, And they were oh back, like mixing ingredients and cooking this stuff. Where now yeah, it's that, just... that guy was making $50 an hour and everyone else was making seven or, or eight. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but it's... um, you, you mentioned the chicken salad sandwich. Sure. Right? Okay, I got... Uh, when I, I'm gonna, The reason I brought that up again is I got... Um, when I was preparing this episode... I put up a lot of posts asking people to share their thoughts and their opinions on the decline of Tim Hortons. You share them as well. So I'm sure some of these people are followers of your account. I got one person whose message was specifically about the chicken salad sandwich. <laughs> so let's let's listen to it. Sure. Hello, my name is Cami from Montreal, and I would like to know what happened to the egg salad sandwich from Tim Hortons. It was the best. And I'm going to ask my husband, Brian, how often do I mention the egg salad sandwich from Tim Hortons? (laughs) They shouldn't have gotten rid of the egg salad sandwich. I'm just saying. Thank you. I'm realizing now that eggs and chicken or egg salad and chicken salad are two different things, right? Was it the chicken or the egg, Jordan? <laughs> so I remember here, yeah, when I heard it, I honestly, in my mind, egg salad sandwich and chicken salad sandwich are both like, that would give you food poisoning if you ordered that from Tim Hortons. But, uh, right. Well, I'm thinking with the egg salad sandwich, they probably were just trying to take into consideration the other passengers in the car. <laughs> yeah. Let's take that <laughs> off the menu. <laughs> we're getting too many yeah. complaints from passengers. Um, but they, you know, they, they lost a lot of people on, on taking a lot of things off of the menu. You know, people did have their favorites. Like, for example, like, do you have like a subway order? Not really. I'm not with subway. I I find much like Tim Hortons, all the meats taste the same and all the breads, like just different flavor of salt on the bread or something. Um, so no, I think this, this, what would burn me would be, um, if Tim's got rid of, 
the only thing on their menu right now that I really like is the cheese croissant. If they okay. if they heat it up, like I, I'll get a cheese croissant and ask them to heat it up because it's just delicious. But uh, other than that, in in most fast food places, I I could kind of just get anything. Yeah, but, the um the the crispy chicken sandwich that they have now, mm-hmm. I find is quite quite good. Yeah, I don't, and that's <laughs> I couldn't see them getting rid of that because that's the kind of thing that's so up their alley because it's like I'm sure it it keeps well. And it probably takes yeah. nothing to heat it up and and serve it. Because do they even put lettuce on it? Like when you order one, I think it's just like mayo, chicken, and yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't even think there is lettuce. Um, but I, I I could be wrong. But yeah, I, I feel bad for your listener. We we don't have an answer for her. <laughs> we don't know why they took away the egg salad sandwich. But you and I are going to do our best to uh... <laughs> to get to the bottom of that mystery. Well, I think with that voicemail, I guess the the best thing about it is much like you with the chicken salad sandwich poor cam in montreal has been betrayed by tim hortons when they got rid of her egg salad sandwich and i don't know if you could hear her uh i don't know if it was her husband or boyfriend or whatever in the background uh you could tell he's heard a lot about the egg salad sandwich from her um so i think their complaint they need to take it higher than nighttime podcast i think well it makes me wonder how many people from the 70s missed the burger when they got rid of the burger. I mean, Tim Hortons started as a burger joint. That, that's that's the initial, you know, uh, the, the beginning of the restaurant, right? I didn't know that. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was donuts and coffee at, at the. Start. No, if you look, if you look at the very first photos of the restaurant um, with Mr. Tim Horton himself, uh-huh. it is Tim Hortons burgers. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So. It, so they've been changing for a while. They are changing now. I'm sure they've, they've pissed a lot of people off along the way. Uh, the other thing that's really funny that I find right now is that they're, no, they're not taking cash, at least in Quebec, due to COVID-19, the hmm. coronavirus and, and whatever. And that was, that was the craziest inconvenience forever was that they only took cash. Yeah. That you couldn't use a credit card. And so the irony now that you get there. I was, I was on an en route very recently and a gentleman in front of me uh, only had cash. And the person was like, well, do you have a card in your truck? He's like, no. And then I, I, I said to the woman, I was like, well, how much is it? I was going to get it for him. And it was like 40 bucks or something. So I was like, all right, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that they didn't take debit for the longest time. Yeah, it was an issue. And I think it had to do with traffic. And that's, that's another thing I wanted to bring up in my hometown of Fredericton, New Brunswick. There's a Tim Hortons uh, down on the corner of Regent and King Street, and they have had to rethink the urban planning of this entire town based on this Tim Hortons. Because if you come down Regent Street in Fredericton, that lineup at eight in the morning goes all the way up the hill, and it, it literally clogs the city at rush wow. hour because of the drive-through at this uh, at this ill-placed Timmy's. So it's, it's, it's kind of funny. They, I don't think they realize, or, or at the time when they were building some of them, the, the effect that they would have on, on certain towns. Yeah. I think there was actually talk in Halifax of there being uh, like the city planners or whatever, were consider considering changing or adding regulations for businesses that are operating drive-throughs where I guess when either there is no regulations or the regulations that were, that are there were written way before drive-through was as big as it is now. And it's, right. it's like, just like you said at, you know, 830 in the morning, you can go traffic near any Tim Hortons is, that has a drive through It's just kind of nuts. 
Yeah, you gotta you, you gotta take a different route, and and with downtown Fredericton, you don't have a you don't have that option. So it, it gets ridiculous. Okay. Let's listen to another clip. Uh, we talked about uh, you talked about in the beginnings. They sold uh, um, burgers, which I didn't know. Uh, here's a listener named Tessa who misses the good old days at Tim Hortons. I don't know if she means old days as in when they sold burgers, but here's what she had to say. All right. Hello, Nighttime Podcast. My name is Tessa. I am sending you a message from good old Berta. I wanted to comment on the decline of Tim Hortons. One of the earliest memories I have of Tim Hortons not being what I thought it was, was when they used to have the best Boston cream donuts ever, and then they just didn't anymore. I found out later it's because they started using from frozen baked goods. And uh, further on, more commentary on that, I would say Tim Hortons really started to fall apart when they offered other goods outside of just being a coffee and donut shop. Like when they started trying to keep up with the new donut flavors every month and added breakfast items and turned into whole, a whole thing, soup and sandwich, whatever. Like it just, it's like, it's just trying to like keep up with the Joneses. It's all the advertisements and everything like that. It stopped being like a, like a good old Canadiana Timmy's and turned into like just a fast food joint like any other place. So, um, yeah, I don't really go there anymore for anything. Um, but you know, I remember it in the good old days. So I, I hate to say I, I called it, but, uh, you know, this is the root of it is, is the, is the, is the, the fall of the Boston cream. Mm -hmm. This is the moment that, that they lost a lot of people. Um, now, did they lose everyone forever? I mean, even you admitted you're still going there for that hot cheese. <laughs> uh, I go there all the time, but how can you not go there? If, if I can go to a McDonald's and get coffee, I, I'll go there. But it's like, I drink so much coffee that it's like, yeah. I, I literally, I need to like branch out to make sure that everyone has enough. I was at Tim's yeah. today, actually. Yeah. Maybe twice. <laughs> Re research. <laughs> yeah, it was research. I got the receipts I love, and everything. I love, I love in your podcast when you mentioned how there's like a corner in Sydney where if you stand in the right coordinates, you can actually see three. <laughs> yeah. And, and Sydney's a small little town. It's I think it's smaller yeah. than Fredericton. But it's. Oh, uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it's like our downtown and Sydney's a ghost town. But that one spot, it's <laughs> there's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's. Uh, like, but I see what she's saying. I, I understand. and, and I, But I, I think that the idea that they weren't going to try new things, I mean, I think they were trying new things before the fall. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can trace the fall back to when the company, as, as was mentioned in your in your podcast about uh, with with uh, Corey, um, you know, when the, when the company changed hands things really changed mm -hmm. and they it, in terms of the PR nightmare regarding people starting to care about how workers were treated you know the entire world world is pushing for $15 an hour livable working wage and then rumors get out that they're trying to charge workers for their own uniforms mm -hmm. and that they're trying to cut breaks like these are just fundamentally un-Canadian things mm -hmm. uh and so, but long before that, long before uh, frozen goods and like long before the changeover to uh, the Brazilian held super company and multinational, 
they they were trying new things, and I think they did sell us on a few of those things, like the sandwiches and and this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, trying to do anything other than filtered coffee is insane because you just. I mean, there's an argument for the ice cap, mm-hmm. but I mean, it beyond that, what is it? The first five sips of it are good, and then a, you're holding a cup of ice for the next hour of your drive. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, they've they've done some good things. But they have, um, I, I don't know, I think they just really lost everybody with, with, with the switch to Frozen and with the change to like when the company changed hands. Yeah, I have, um, I have one listener who wrote to let us know that their food was actually always crap. <laughs> I really dig this one. Listen to this guy. His name's, his name's David Foster. Yeah, and right. this makes, his voice memo made me laugh. Hey, Jordan, just wanted to let you know, dude, that you were right. Tim Hortons is trash. It's been trash for a long time. I'm so glad there are people out here that support my view on this. I haven't even listened to the episode yet. I saw the title, had to go on your website, figure out how to contact you to let you know that you are not losing fans because of this. You're speaking the truth. (laughs) How have they never been able to make a decent article of food in 25 years? It's astounding. The problem with all the other fast food industry locations, McDonald's, whatever, Maybe Wendy's is trash as well, but the rest of them, their food is good. The problem is it's terrible for you, and it's like quasi-expensive. Tim Hortons is just straight garbage. Love the show. Take care. <laughs> that was good, eh? And I love the show, Jordan. Thanks, for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that he didn't even listen to the episode. He saw the title and sent me that. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't give a shit. He, he, knows, he knows what he knows, and that's it. Uh, yeah. But he did, he did mention Wendy's, and we failed to mention the the wonderful marriage match made in heaven that is when Timmy's and Wendy's went into business together. That was that was truly it, you know. Yeah, and is that not the case anymore? Because it like were they they were once owned by the same company, I guess. I'm not sure what it was, but there was there there was pictures of Ron Joyce and Dave Thomas like shaking hands right, right in yeah. the. <laughs> yeah, and but, there was. There was a couple, quite a few locations where it was like a Tim's and Wendy's kind of sharing a building yeah, on the side yeah. of the highway, sort of thing. But yeah, yeah and you get your 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 JBC, your Junior Bacon Cheeseburger for a buck thirty-seven, coffee, yeah. and back on the road, boom. Yeah, well, that's that's their bread and butter. Is that that sort of sort of thing? You talked about um about the empl- the, the treatment of their employees and the controversy about that. One thing I heard of after heard a lot of after I released the episode with Corey Mintz, a lot of ex employees of Tim Hortons wrote to me, sent me voice memos, um, and it's obvious that uh, base, if half of what they say are true, it doesn't sound like an amazing place to work. Did you ever work there or have any close friends who did? No, no, I I, I don't have any personal inside knowledge of working there, but I, I am hyper aware of that PR meltdown that happened and. You know, even in the states where wages are lower to, to begin uh-huh. with, especially in the service industry, you know, you have someone like uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders fighting like the fight for 15. Uh, uh-huh. I'm sure they're nowhere near that in most of the country. Uh, and to add insult to injury, I mean, the uniform thing and the breaks, they, they really they, what they did was they they pissed off all their franchisees. I think if, mm-hmm. if that's the correct word, the people that own the franchises themselves. And when you alienate those people because you need constant growth, where is their effort going to be after you've really come down hard on them? And then the people on the front line, the actual employees themselves, 
where is the pride? If there, I'm not sure if there ever was, uh, you know, like a national sort of a national pride for working for Tim Hortons, but if there was, it certainly would have been gone at that particular moment. And that's sort of shame, shameful and, and uh, a bit of a disgrace. Yeah. Listen to this one. I got a, this is actually a voice memo I got from an ex employee. Uh, this, this, uh, what makes this unique is that how much she had to say. You'll, you'll see what I mean when I play it. Her name's Alyssa, but I think we're going to keep everything else about her private. Um, <laughs> hopefully I don't hear from Tim's as lawyers about this one. So I live in Ontario and have worked at Tim Hortons for a combined amount of time of about 12 years. I no longer work there at this moment and hopefully never again in my life. Where I was working, there were many Tim Hortons owned by the same people in one city and they treated their employees terribly, including just coming out front onto the floor and just start screaming at people because they weren't going fast enough. Another thing was I've been told when something was expired to just give it a smell test. And if it smells fine, we can serve it. (laughs) That was pretty much when I decided I was going to stop working there. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what makes this one from Alyssa good is, did, did you ever like start talking about a topic and you just find yourself get so overwhelmed with emotion that you just like can't turn it off. Yeah. Um, so she, she sent me that voice memo. But five minutes later, I got another <laughs> voice memo from her. <laughs> where You can almost hear a slight change in her voice because I think she probably like hung up the phone or whatever from leaving that voice memo and was just remembering all this other stuff to get mad about. So here's the um, second part. I'm sorry, I'm sending another voice message now, but oh my gosh, there was just another time when I worked at Tim Hortons where there was literally liquid mold leaking out from underneath the cupboards and they wouldn't do anything about it. And then I got in trouble for saying something about it. Oh my god. There was also another time where they tried to take all our tips if we didn't perform well enough, which is illegal and theft. And I literally had to call head office about it. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, I have lots of Tim Hortons stories. If you ever want to contact me about it, I would totally talk to you about them. They are kind of biased because they are just based on my experience working at Tim Hortons in Ontario in my specific (laughs) region, which I don't really want to talk about. But yeah, no, stories. Four days, and none of them are really that good. Cheers again. <laughs> let's let's get her on the phone, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> we should call, like I wish I had more info. We could call her in. Let's, let's get her on live. Here she is, Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling Alyssa could go on for hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a few things to say about that. Um, what is well, it? first of all, what does that say about us that? hearing this we'll be back (laughs) well 
they that's with so many places it's like the race to the bottom they have the cheap cheap prices it's so easy to pull up and grab a coffee it's hard to take like this moral high ground i i think anyway with with a business like that there's so many businesses that either have done me wrong or something and i wanted to like boycott them and i just like i can't do it yeah. in some cases yeah <laughs> tims would be very hard to boycott i've tried i i'm on like i consider I consider it to be a fact that I've been boycotting them for about 10 or 15 years. I still go there, but they're not like my number one choice. And that's yeah, as far yeah. as my boycott can go. Yeah. You've done, you've done the best that, that you could. <laughs> yeah. Well, I released a podcast series about how. Yeah. Well, that's it is going kind of far. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about as far as I'm willing to go. Well, they're, they're still for whatever reason is outside. I mean, you live in Halifax. I live in Montreal. We're coming at this from a fairly metropolitan point of view, um, from a Canadian standpoint. Um, what we're failing to consider is that there still is this, uh, you know, rural attitude towards it. And, and uh, the fact that they are, you know, I'll give you an example. Like my brother-in-law, uh, he's from Memroom Cook, New Brunswick, near, near Sackville, mm -hmm. New Brunswick. And his parents go to the Tim Hortons on Friday nights and that's where they meet up with all their friends. Mm -hmm. Now they have, they all have nice houses. They, they all could easily meet up at, at one of those houses. They don't, <laughs> they meet up at the Tim's, they sit there, they it's, it's, you know, no fuss. They can just get their little, they're not drinking. Obviously they're sitting there and having tea, having coffee from nine o'clock until midnight. That's still very much a thing that, that and we may not be seeing that. And there, there's a lot to be, said about the way they've changed the dining room and are they encouraging people to sit down and enjoy their cup or are they trying to get you the hell out of there that hmm. you know in the in the cities i think we know the answer to that in in uh, the more rural parts of the country it, it's it's still hard to say i have another good friend of mine uh, her name's kate mckenna shout out to kate mckenna cbc correspondent uh, here in montreal what? she was on my son's podcast oh really yeah you know kate yeah wonderful well i my son does a podcast called Talking About Cats. Oh, yeah. And, pe and people uh, will send him voice messages where they tell him about their cat. And Kate McKenna, a CBC journalist from Montreal, was like the third person who sent a voice memo. Yeah, we, we were chatting about that podcast quite a bit, actually. <laughs> her cat's name, I remember her cat's name is Mambo. Oh, well, yes. It was, a, it was a rescue and Kate had done a story about a fire in like a animal shelter okay. and in covering it, she fell in love with this like weird little cat Mambo. Well, Kate always says to me that to this day, and she, you know, she's Montreal correspondent, but she's constantly outside of the city within a, you know, maybe a 150 kilometer radius in any direction. And when anything happens, she still goes to Tim's to talk to those five guys who are sitting there mm -hmm. and say to, to, to ask what happened. And they'll tell it. They know. Yeah. Those five well, dudes know, right? Yeah. So. It, in Like in a small town, Tim's is like the modern version of town hall or town square. Like, you know, you see these old movies or whatever, town square, there'd be people hanging up billboards and walking around chanting stuff. That's kind of like Tim Hortons has taken on that role in a lot of small towns. It's that way in Cape Breton where I'm from, definitely. Yeah, it's it's sort of a comment on the infrastructure or the lack thereof in in rural Canada. You know, like we, if in Memram Cook, the most convenient place to meet up is the Thames, or or to or the you know the the roundtable discussion for anything 
related to politics or what have you yeah. is Martin's. It's like, geez, should we not be thinking about alternatives? <laughs> yeah. Can we not get a library here? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that is, that is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, I got another one for you. So, right. th- and these, these, some of these clips are too good to not play. This one is, uh, it's from another ex Tim's employee. Um, similar to Alyssa, he had one particular story that's just really bizarre. This was a, I guess we'll call it an outtake from a prior episode I did. I did the episode about uh, the collection of weird stories set in Tim Hortons restaurants. Right. This was uh, somebody. Somebody had a story, and I, I did like a, maybe a three-minute-long interview with them. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you hear it because I didn't use it in that episode. All right. This is from. Um, his name is Mark. It's in Newfoundland that this happened. All right. So, uh, as, as I mentioned to you, uh, I was the only male staff at the uh, Tim Horton, and it was it was working the shift till eleven o'clock p.m. Okay. So the evening, and uh, some customers came to the to the front counter and said, "There's a there's a naked man in the bathroom." The, the lady and uh, the lady said, it, "Sorry, they said there's a naked man in the bathroom." And uh, the, the way the washrooms were, there was a men's and a woman's kind of beyond the porch, you know? Yeah. Like a washroom porch. Mm-hmm. So uh, the supervisor asked me to investigate. So uh, I said, okay, well, I'll go check it out. So I go into the porch to the washrooms and there's nothing. They're going to the men's washroom and uh, it's empty, but there's a pile of clothes on the floor like next to the urinal. Okay. So I think, okay, that's weird. So I turn around and come back out. And uh, when they get into the porch, the women's washroom is pushed open. And there's a giant man, like, hiding behind the door. And he's just like, apologizing to me. He says, oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. Can you pass my clothes? And I was like, listen, like, you got to put your clothes on and, like, get out of here. And I'm not touching any of your stuff. <laughs> and he was very apologetic. He seems like a nice fellow. <laughs> did he look disheveled? Was he, like, I'm just picturing him covered in mud like a lunatic in there. What did he, what did this guy look like? No, he... <laughs> My impression was he was somewhere between completely insane and maybe on some hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> he was acting like he was in a good mood, but uh, just naked in the women's washroom at this point. So I told him to get out, get out or I'm going to call the cops and I go back, report back to the supervisor, you know, kind of like, what am I supposed to do? So he comes out and he's got his like clothes buttoned up, his shirt's like all buttoned in the wrong holes and stuff. And he's like, he actually went outside and then started jumping off and trying to smack at the awning. Okay. Like, you know, just like eight eight or nine feet off the ground. He's just jumping up under the street, under the awning lights. And he uh, runs off, runs off down across the parking lot and like inspects the, the arrow, the drive through arrow, looks at that, and just runs off down the street. That, that's definitely a bizarre experience. Now, the customer who reported this to you, do you know, were they in the bathroom with this guy or did they just see him go in or do you, do you know what happened there? Presumably they went into the bathroom and they come in and came back out again i'm not sure that's what happened they didn't stick around <laughs> well that's that's definitely an interesting interesting story uh, i'm glad you shared that with me mark I, I haven't quite heard anything like this uh come from somebody yet so definitely a, a unique experience working at tim horton's uh at night, it would be a lot like working at like a gas station. I think it's just weird stuff going to come through there. I I think only weird stuff can happen at a Tim's at night. And I mean, even even when you are there as a customer, it's sort of get in and get out, right? Like that's, yeah. 
you're not yeah if you have to get out of your car you're you're doing your best to to get in and get out but god damn the beautiful accent on that gentleman i just i love to hear it newfoundland eh? that's something <laughs> 709ers we call them uh, it's, man love, you can you can hear this the second they open their mouth you can tell someone's from newfoundland oh but it's nice it is actually yeah. it's it's uh that's that's a pleasing one i i god bless newfoundlanders <laughs> um I saw this post going around today. I think it was on Twitter where someone was saying like, you know, which McDonald's is it in your hometown? Yes. Which is the one that you, you, you know, if you, if you go in, it's just like this kind of festival. Of, <laughs> yeah. It's just going to be pure chaos. It's kind of the same with the Tim Hortons. There's like at night, every town will have a Tim Hortons that, you know, if you go in there at night, it's just going to be kind of scary. Yeah. And on, it's funny because it, with, with McDonald's, I think it has to do with whether or not how it, it like whether or not it's busy. Mm-hmm. And with Tim Hortons, I think what's scarier is like, you know, how not busy it is. <laughs> yeah, there's just like one guy at the back staring yeah, at people. Like, I'm, if there's a bunch of people in there, I don't, I don't think I'm super worried out of Tim's. Um, the way you might be intimidated with a busy McDonald's, but like if, if there's a, like a a mothball floating by in a Timmy's late at night, you've got, you're worried. <laughs> Because <laughs> if something didn't already just happen, it's about to. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, overall, I think we can agree. It, well, what we can't agree on is you seem more accepting of Tim's food than I am. I just um, have a very low standard, Jordan. I think I think I just okay. I I have managed my own expectations in such a way that I I don't need it. <laughs> I can okay. I can get it when it's there. I'm not depending on it. It's not life or death. Is it garbage? I think we can agree. Absolutely. It's, it's trash. Have you ever had food poisoning from Tim's? I have not. No. And, and I think, I think that's part of the reason why you might go, <laughs> not because you, not because you think you're not going to get, <laughs> food good. but I mean, you're, you're somewhere in Canada. You don't know the lay of the land. You don't know. You haven't read the Yelp yet of what the top breakfast places are in a town. I do a better job at that through my account. If I'm going anywhere, if I'm going to Kingston or if I'm going to, somewhere in like Nova Scotia I haven't been to before or whatever, I will crowdsource like, Hey, where should I go? Like, like yeah. don't make me go to a Timmy's and people will tell me and that's great. But if I don't get around to that, I mean, how is, how easy is it to just go slip into that place, get what needs to be done and get the hell out of there? Yeah. Yeah. Like a Tim Hortons restaurant is a lot like a public washroom. It's exactly. It's going to be kind of weird. You don't want to touch anything. Yeah. But. And it's it's quite literally a public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it might, serves that purpose. You might too. be in there because you have to pee, and everything else is just like. <laughs> um, I have one last voice memo, but before I play it, have you heard the story of, like, when growing up in in New Brunswick? Did you have like a rumor going around that they would throw all the donuts away, you know, every so often in like a garbage bag? Have you heard this? I haven't heard this particular one. The rumor that we heard going around was the nicotine in the cups. To make you addicted to the coffee? <laughs> I've I heard that too, and I completely <laughs> forgot about it until right now. Well, one, one time I, I tweeted at them, I was like, I just out of curiosity at Tim Hortons, how much <laughs> nicotine are you legally allowed to put in the cup before you have to declare it? I don't know what I was thinking, if I was gonna get a straight answer or what. And they they, <laughs> they took they took the question seriously. Uh hi, hi John. Uh there is no 0.00 amount uh, of nicotine in the cups, blah, blah, blah. But if you think about it, Jordan, like remember the storms in Newfoundland last year, mm-hmm. that how everything went to hell with all that snow. 
you knew it was really bad on the news when they announced that Tim Hortons was closed. Like that's how you, oh, that's, yeah. that's the benchmark. They're closing Timmy's fuck, man. This must be really bad. <laughs> and th- that's what they did. And a lot of people th- th- I was following these Facebook groups where people were trading this and for that. And one guy was like, I've got this bag of Tim Hortons coffee, Keurig pods. And there was a long list of people who are like, <laughs> I'll give anything for that. I'll be on my snowmobile tonight to pick that up. Like, <laughs> So it, it's there's a certain there's a certain addiction and, and there's no, I, we don't is. we don't speak about the addiction factor. I don't know if these people, the people who are getting Tim Hortons two three times a day, do they not have coffee on their grocery list? I'm thinking no, because yeah. when the Tim Hortons closes and they start to lose their goddamn mind, there has to be a reason. And they line up like crazy, and it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's. For one, you know, the addiction to the caffeine and stuff, but there's also an addiction to just the style of service they provide and just the way it all works. An example is I have this buddy of mine who's from super small town, Cape Breton. Um, I would go as far as to say he's kind of had like a sheltered life in the way that he's from a really tiny fishing community in Cape Breton. Um, He moved up to Halifax where I am and we became close buddies. But we um, we went out to lunch together one day and we were at the mall, like we went and ate at the food court. And then as we were leaving, I was leaving the mall. I was like, I'm going to grab a coffee right quick. And there's a second cup there. And he's like, oh, I'd love a coffee. And he's like, is there a Timmy's in here? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, there's a second cup. And he's like, and I was like, just get one. They're good. And he's like, yeah, all right. So we go in and we're in line up to order. And I could see him getting nervous because people <laughs> ahead were like ordering, like, you know, not a double double. Like you yeah. had to put your own ingredients in it. And, you know, there was like mild, medium, dark blend and all this stuff. And he asked me, he's like, what would be like the equivalent of like, say like a double, double at teams. And I'm just say, just ask for a medium blend to go. And then we'll walk over there and we'll put our cream and sugar in it. Cream and two sugar and off we go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought he would be okay. (laughs) Then the, the barista, can I take, what can I get you buddy? And he said, uh, just, uh, Whatever the equivalent of a double double from Timmy's would be, <laughs> it's just like he couldn't do it. But did she know? She, she probably did because I, I guarantee it wasn't the first time she was asked that. Oh, definitely not. I think I kind of interjected and I was like, just a medium blend and I'll put the cream in for him. <laughs> but great. Yeah, but when I left there, I was just thinking like Tim's has got this guy for life. Oh yeah, but rocks the, the thing. The thing with the garbage bag of donuts, I there was a Tim's near my house growing up, and I remember hearing that at like every six hours or something, they would take all the baked goods that didn't sell, the donuts and all that stuff, and they'd throw them in the dumpster in a big garbage bag. And there was always the kind of the idea that you could, if you knew the schedule, you could get the garbage bag and it would still be fresh and you get a big right. bag of donuts. Uh, I have never known anyone who went dumpster diving behind a Tim Hortons. I just remember hearing that story. However, I did receive a voicemail from somebody who <laughs> who was dumpster diving uh, to hilarious results. This is Michelle and she should be ashamed of herself. <laughs> Hey, I just wanted to share a uh, Tim Hortons story with you. Um, growing up, my friend's, I think, older brother told us that, hey, do you, did you realize that Tim Hortons, they throw out all their donuts at the end of the night and they just put them in the trash? I'm like, that's insane. He's like, yeah, they leave a bag out at the back at the end of the night and they just throw it out. 
So we created this master plan. We're very young. We uh, have our car and we're hiding in the parking lot, you know, like waiting to see the employee bring out the, this glorious bag of donuts. So we see them, sure enough, eventually bring out the bag. We scurry over, we grab the bag, we toss it in the car. We feel like we've hit the absolute jackpot. Drive around the corner, open the bag to see we have stolen the trash from Tim Hortons. <laughs> no donuts. <laughs> it was pretty upsetting, and that's the story of me. <laughs> I don't think she has anything to be ashamed about. I just think that's poetic justice because the garbage at Tim Hortons would be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think kids have done worse in uh, in better situations. So that's, yeah, good point. Yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> so we'll wrap this up. So with you being a um, a connoisseur of Canadian culture and history, uh, tell us something you're you're working on for for your uh, your page. Do you have any kind of stories or topics that you're thinking about? Um, yeah, a few posts I have kind of in the pipeline. Um, you know, I, I do sort of pander a little bit to my hometown a little bit as a shout out. I do feel like New Brunswick is the punching bag of certainly of the Maritimes. I mean, we're not even, we're not even on the radar of the rest of Canada even to be made yeah. fun of. So. But there, there was a, there was a clown in, a, in my hometown named Tinsel the clown. And, and he was a particular kind of clown. You know, there's four types of clowns. You can either be an A, B, C, or D, like, depending on yeah well so it's 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 a it's a culture anyway tinsel was a sad clown but he worked at the boys farmers market downtown Fredericton, and he would you know do balloon animals for everybody with just the most horrendous frown on his face the entire oh. time he's a very fascinating guy so I, I think i need to do something about about tinsel tinsel the clown so that's a there great be, story there may be something about him coming down the pipeline is he still alive you know, I believe Tinsel is still alive, but he he is retired. But this guy was a staple. Like every like, ask anyone uh, born between 1969 and 1999 in Farrington if they know Tinsel, and the answer is yes. So okay. this guy this guy's known as hell. Um, that might be something I explore as well. I you know this is for me, Jordan. I'm, I, this account is to make me happy. Yeah. And if anyone else gets some enjoyment about with it along the way then that's that's great yeah, i get it we got the same kind of thing going because i'm the same with my podcast I, this when i when people ask me like that what i'm working on next it's always like just like you telling me about that guy the the clown in your hometown i had the same kind of thing it'll just be this little story that to me is special and this is kind of you know it, and then it's up to you to to convey that this is this this is this is special yeah. that this is an important story and they 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 it's also up to you to make sure that they don't have to know them to, to sort of get that same feeling. And it, that's the challenge, right? Oh yeah. It's that's big time because it's, you, you'll be telling a story from your history or your hometown, but you can't make it only for people in your hometown. It needs to be for everybody. Yeah. So that's uh, you kind of have to craft it in that way, but yeah, it's, it's the old subjective versus universal, you know? So, mm. well, yeah. Absolutely. We got to get to Tim Hortons. I'm getting all this, all this talk. I'm going to go get a donut. Let me ask you though. What's uh, is there something other than the chicken salad sandwich? Is there any treats that were on the menu that are gone now that you miss? Not really to me, because again, I've always sort of kept it simple, but like I will still uh, mess around with a 20 pack of Timbits, oh, yeah. half honey glazed, half chocolate. 
none of that bullshit. Just give me the goods and and let's get going. Let's get back on the road, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember we, this would have been when we were younger. They had like there was a section they called it fancies and it was ah. baked goods that were like a bit more expensive. They had the bow tie. They had the bow tie and the eclair. Oh, the eclair. But do you also do you remember the strawberry thing? It was a it was a bunch of strawberries with like kind of like Boston cream in the center like an and it was covered in like a thick glaze. Yeah. I think I do remember that. I don't think that was on my, I mean, I think I might've gotten the bow tie like once or twice, maybe the eclair a couple of times, but like that to me was like ordering the lobster at a, at a restaurant. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, they were fancy. You had to ask <laughs> like, can I order that? <laughs> and they had to like open a separate like glass thing. Yeah. Eclair. I came around with a key and open the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the bow tie was almost like three donuts covered in whipped cream. Yeah, was, and I think there's cherries. For sure. Uh, very good. Yeah. yeah. I remember, yeah, my dad used to get me them every so often. Like if I was a good boy, I'd get like a bow tie or an eclair. Yeah. And I'm sure it was, you know, uh, I can't even imagine how much sugar was in that. I was probably a nightmare. But anyway, I uh, I still I had a lot Boston of Boston cream. I'll still do. And, and back in the day, I know we had all this talk about Boston cream, but my move was the Canadian maple. Hmm. That was I'm I like it sounds weird, but I like the I think it's just called sour cream. It's like kind of like a plain donut, but it has this kind of different taste. I think it's called the sour cream donut. Yeah. Uh which sounds gross cuz like it's sour cream yeah. in a donut. <laughs> that would be gross, but this doesn't taste anything like sour cream or anything. It's just anyway. Yeah. But uh all right. I, I could talk about Tim Hortons treats all day or any kind of Donuts. Like, uh, I'm the type of guy where, like, donuts and coffee, that's my jam. I should have been on – did you watch Twin Peaks? Do you know that show? Of course. Okay. Well, that's that's me. I, w- I would travel the country just trying coffee and pie at small diners. Well, let's, let's put together a grant for you. We're going to call it the Agent Cooper Jordan Bonaparte <laughs> Grant, and we're going to get you paid <laughs> to go across the country and try everything that isn't Timmy's, and uh, we'll start a whole new podcast all about that. How's that sound? <laughs> All right, let's get. I'm gonna. We'll go now. I'm gonna start planning. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> the Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. showcase they call me the christchurch carver based on the international bestseller this trademark souvenir can't stop thinking about the apple usually he eats it i've got a copy can on my hands i know who you are joe i know what you do you have two days to find a copycat this is way harder to make sense of when you didn't do it dark city the cleaner all new wednesdays on showcase stream on stack tv